You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting remotely for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Lucinda Lonick. This is the WFHB Local News for Thursday, September 8th, 2022. Later in the program, we have Prescription for Healthcare, a podcast collaboration between the WFHB Local News and Medicare for All Indiana. More in the bottom half of our program. Also coming up in the next half hour, you will hear from WFHB correspondents Shade Agishagiri and Ruth Flemingman in light of WFHB's full fund drive. But first, your local headlines. Hi, this is Lucinda Larnock, anchor for the WFHB Local News. Today marks the start of our full fund drive and we need your support to continue this grassroots daily local news program. The WFHB Local News has given me way more opportunities than I could have possibly imagined. As a journalism major, to use my voice to deliver reliable, factual and important information to you each and every week. Community Radio is a special place and our volunteer citizen journalists help keep us an independent news source, a rarity in South Central Indiana. Help keep this station listener funded and volunteer powered by making a donation right now. You can give us a call at 812-323-1200 and make a pledge over the phone. Or you can make a donation online at wfhb.org through our website, We need to raise $200 during this program, and we know we can rely on you to help us get there. Give us a call. Tell us your favorite thing about the WFHB local news and make a donation as soon as you can. Thank you for your time and thank you for supporting WFHB Community Radio. At the Bloomington Board of Public Works meeting on August 30th, Engineering Department Project Manager Matt Smethurst requested the board reject the bid for the Downtown Alley Repaving Phase 2 project. Yesterday, we opened bids for the Downtown Alley Repaving Phase 2 project, and we received one bid from Groomer Construction. The base bid was $622,286.83, and alternate number one there was a bid of three hundred eighty nine thousand six hundred eighty two dollars and fifty one cents that was the only bid we received that bid was substantially higher than what our engineers estimate was as such we would ask that you reject the bid for the downtown alleys repaving project director of utilities adam wason commented on the cost of the project and i'll just offer comment here um we appreciate that um 
that Groomer um, Construction did put a bid together um, when we were looking at overall budget amounts and such. We're just we're not quite in the ballpark right now on, on, on being able to fund those. I did have a conversation with the city controller today about um, possibly um, looking at um, some opportunities to uh, break the project apart a bit and see if we can at least get uh, part of it done this year with some of the funding we do have. Um, but, you know, we're recognizing and seeing this, you know, in a lot of different circumstances right now with costs on projects. Um, but, um, yeah, so we can't award today, but we're hopeful to still get something put together for uh, this fall. Board member Jennifer Lloyd asked if the price was higher due to materials or if it was higher across the board. Smethurst said it was higher across the board and that the bid was three times more expensive than they had estimated. The board voted unanimously to reject the bid. Next, the board heard from senior project engineer Neil Copper about a consulting contract with Butler, Fairman, and Seifert Incorporated for preliminary engineering services for the High Street Intersection Modernization and Multi-Use Path Project. This project will begin with a conceptual scoping exercise, but it is tentatively expected to construct a multi-use path on the east side of High Street from Arden Drive to 3rd Street and to modernize the three existing traffic signals within the project limits. The project is included in the Metropolitan Planning Organization's Transportation Improvement Plan, um, and it has been uh, prioritized for federal funding, uh, approximately $3.9 million in federal funds for up to 80% of project costs. The city sought proposals for design services for the project, and Butler, Fairman, and Seifert was the highest scoring firm out of six proposals received. The contract for this um, is set at a not-to-exceed amount of $862,750. Uh, construction for the project is anticipated to start in 2026, but we're starting to design now to have time to get there. Um, staff has reviewed and supports the contract, and I'd be happy to answer any questions. The board approved the contract unanimously. The next Board of Public Works meeting will be held on September 13th. In today's edition of Prescription for Healthcare, hosts Dr. Rob Stone and Karen Greenstone speak with Dr. Anna Malino, a pediatrician from San Francisco and activist in the fight to protect Medicare and expand Medicare for all. Prescription for Healthcare is a podcast collaboration between the WFHB Local News and Medicare for All Indiana. We now turn to that interview. From Bloomington, Indiana, welcome to Prescription for Healthcare on WFHB Community Radio, sponsored by Medicare for All Indiana. I'm Karen Greenstone, along with Dr. Rob Stone. Hello. Since we're approaching Medicare open enrollment for seniors, we've decided to rebroadcast our conversation with Dr. Anna Malinow from November 2021. Our conversation with Dr. Malinow concerned direct contracting entities and the unclear nature of this experimental project underway with the Center for Medicare Services that has the potential to affect all of us, including those of us not of Medicare age. 
To update our listeners, the DCE program was scrapped due to pressure from lawmakers, providers, and health justice advocates. However, the CMS Center for Innovation cleverly changed the name to ACO REACH, that stands for Accountable Care Organization Realizing Equity, Access, and Community Health. FYI, Indiana University Health will begin participating in the ACO REACH program in 2023. Seniors may have already received a notice from IU Health saying, no action needed. Our guest today is Dr. Anna Melano, who recently made a presentation on DCEs at the annual national meeting of Physicians for a National Health Program. Dr. Malinow is a clinical professor of pediatrics at the University of California in San Francisco. She has spent decades working with immigrant, refugee, and other underserved populations. She co-founded Healthcare for All Texas and Doctors for Change. Dr. Malinow is the past president of Physicians for National Health Program and serves as an organizer for National Single Payer. She has been a guest speaker on healthcare reform and has been featured on national and international television and radio. And she's with us today on WFHB Community Radio. Welcome to Prescription for Healthcare, Dr. Melano. Thank you, Karen and Rob, so much for the opportunity to speak with you. It's such a pleasure to be here today. Thank you for taking time for being with us. Dr. Malinow, there is a move under the radar of most people about a change that's been proposed for Medicare. We've talked with Dr. Ed Weisbart on prescription for healthcare, but the changes and potential risks to patients remain unclear. Will you tell us the difference between traditional Medicare and Medicare Advantage, especially since we're at open enrollment for Medicare right now? Thank you, Karen, for that question. I sometimes call open enrollment open season because that's what October through December has become for our seniors on Medicare. We are literally deluged with ads to sign up for Medicare Advantage plans. So good question. What is the difference between traditional, also known as original Medicare and Medicare Advantage? Most people are quite familiar with how a private health insurance plan operates. If you get your health insurance as a benefit from your employer, you go to your doctor, obviously allowed by your plan's network, you pay a copay, you pay a deductible, and of course, you and your employer pay a premium right out of the paycheck every month. Most people can't wait to get on Medicare because they will no longer have to deal with an insurance company or a network. They opt to stay in traditional Medicare, and about 60% of seniors choose traditional Medicare, which is not without its cost, as you know, but at least you don't have to deal with an insurance company any longer. Unless you sign up for a Medicare Advantage plan, which about 40% of seniors have chosen. Now, under Medicare Advantage, you are lured by low to zero premiums and minor dental vision hearing benefits, but you have to deal with an insurance company under Medicare all over again. It's the plan that decides if you go to your doctor or one doctor or another, if you need prior authorization or not, what medications are on your formulary, if you can get healthcare from this cancer center or not. So just when you thought you were getting rid of that health insurance plan, no, you have it for the rest of your life. Sure, you can switch to another Advantage plan, but it's tricky and sometimes financially impossible to switch back to traditional Medicare. So there you are, stuck with an insurance plan that can deny you care and can disenroll you, especially at the end of life, that drains the Medicare trust fund and increases Part B premiums through their upcoding schemes. Bottom line, the difference is under traditional Medicare, don't deal with insurance companies again, 
on the Medicare Advantage deal with insurance every time you get health care or you don't. And there's still a lot of confusion and misunderstanding about the threats to traditional Medicare involving the DCEs, the direct contracting entities. It doesn't roll off the tongue very easily. Can you give our listeners an explanation of what direct contracting entities are and why this is a threat to traditional Medicare? Absolutely. You're absolutely right, Karen. There is a lot of confusion because of how these direct contracting entities, or let's call them DCEs because they are hard to roll off and um, were created, who created them and how they're being rolled out. It's not like Congress passed the law with a debate of votes like the ACA. No, not at all. Very briefly, direct contracting entities were created in the waning days of the Trump administration by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation, also CMMI or the Innovation Center for short, to de-risk all of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. Now, what does this even mean? 40% of Medicare is already de-risked and in the hands of Medicare Advantage capitated arrangements. This means Medicare doesn't pay the providers, that means the doctors and hospitals directly for these patients anymore. Instead, it pays the insurance plan that then decides how much healthcare the seniors under the plan get. So remember under private health insurance, the employer and the worker pay premiums to the insurance company, and then the insurance company decides how much healthcare you as the worker get. Under Medicare Advantage, it's not the employer, but it's the government that pays the insurance company for you, and the insurance company decides how much health care you as a Medicare beneficiary gets. You would think that this would save money, but it doesn't. In fact, Medicare overpays Medicare Advantage plans billions and billions every year. Another way of putting it is that Medicare Advantage plans bilk Medicare and the government billions every year. And now this is where the DCEs come in. Medicare wants to do the same thing for the remaining 60% of seniors not on Medicare Advantage. But how is this even legal, especially since these are seniors that specifically have chosen not to join a Medicare Advantage plan? So to back up a minute, the Innovation Center was created under the ACA back in 2010 with a mandate to introduce models of care into Medicare that would decrease and not worsen care. Now, as we know, in a profit-driven healthcare system such as ours, that's like squeezing water from the rocks. It's just not going to happen. But okay, they were optimistic, so the ACA gave full authority to the CMMI, to the Innovation Center, to roll out any model that they deemed fit to all of Medicare without congressional approval. And that's where we are today. The direct contracting entities are this model, which will be rolled out to non-capitated traditional Medicare beneficiaries without congressional approval or anyone's. What is a DCE? Simply put, it is a risk-bearing middleman. So just remember it, it's a middleman for traditional Medicare, just like Medicare Advantage plans for seniors that have signed up for Medicare Advantage plans. And why would CMS do this? Sadly, many American health economists believe the reason U.S. healthcare costs are high are due to two things. Greedy doctors billing for too much volume, otherwise known as fee-for-service, and patients getting too much care. And how to fix this? According to them, you just get rid of the greedy doctors and stop giving Americans so much health care. You set up these risk-bearing middlemen like DCEs that accept payments for Medicare, dupe doctors into joining the middlemen entities and bringing their patients along, 
lets the middleman grab the money, the NICARE upcode, spend as little as 60% on healthcare for beneficiaries, keep the rest as profit, and hope for the best for these poor traditional Medicare beneficiaries. Now, there are 53 of these BCEs, mostly owned by for-profit private equity firms, some for-profit physician practices, ECOs, and Medicare Advantage plans. Most DCEs are owned by corporations straight out of Wall Street. They are roping doctors in with promises to reimburse better than Medicare in exchange for their patients. I mean, that is awful. Exchange for their patients who will be automatically aligned to the doctor's DCE. So the doctors get to choose a DCE and without the senior's knowledge or consent. We are hearing stories of seniors being sent letters by DCEs, letters that seniors don't understand and don't know what to do with. And the end game is this, a potential 30 million seniors will be aligned because they don't call it a sign. They're aligned by CMS to a DCEs through their primary care providers without the senior's knowledge or consent. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Terrifying. Well, it's, and it's so dark and hidden and yeah. So in, after hearing all of this, what is your prescription for healthcare, Dr. Malin? Oh, the most important thing to remember about our healthcare system is that it is first and foremost a system based on profit. And DCEs really highlight this. Absolutely. So any prescription for a healthcare system will have to involve eliminating the profit motive from the system. And that's number one. Number two is recognizing healthcare as a human right. Which brings us to numbers creating a national, single-payer, universal, comprehensive, affordable, accountable, accessible, gender-affirming, high-quality, dignified, transparent and equitable, non-discriminatory health care for all individuals residing in the U.S., regardless of sex, age, creed, race, religion, gender identity, sexual orientation, citizenship, disability, geographic location, income, or employment status. Yes. So can I just follow up with that, that there is a bill in Congress right now, H.R. 1976, which is the Medicare for All Act of 2021 that will get us pretty close to this. As we know, over half of the Democratic caucus has signed up as a co-sponsor, but that's not enough. We need bills to have hearings in the committee's jurisdiction. We need Speaker Nancy Pelosi to support H.R. 1976. And we need to have all Democrats and, yes, some Republicans to endorse and then vote for the bill. But then the big question is, how do we get there? First, we put a stop to the scheme to privatize Medicare through DCEs. There is a petition demanding Health and Human Service Secretary Becerra stop DCEs. And we have over 4,000 signatories to the petition, and we encourage people to sign the petition. You can go to the website, what Physicians Financial Health Program, which is www.pnhp.org. And we will be presenting the petition in Congress this month. Now, we know this is a winnable issue, right? DCEs, in theory, are just a model that are going to be rolled out. So this is a winnable issue. This is the time to act. And goodness knows, Medicare for All activists need a win, right? Second, we collect copies of letters that seniors are receiving from these DCEs. We will be organizing a truth campaign around these letters. So for people that have these letters, please encourage them to send them to you or send them to me. My email, you can put the email, annamalino at gmail.com. And finally, we organize in the streets. We are working with other organizations to mobilize a mobilization campaign called How the Grinch Stole Medicare. 
And we will be calling on everyone to protest in front of companies that own DCEs, in front of large insurance companies and pharmacies that own DCEs. We are in the planning stages right now, as many people helping out as possible. Please check our website at nationalsinglepayer.com to find out how you can help put a stop to handing traditional Medicare to Wall Street. It's really not going to be Congress that's going to hand this to us on a silver platter. We know that. It's going to take people mobilizing, organizing, and demanding this. Thank you so much, Dr. Melano, for talking with us today. It's really been a pleasure. This is Karen Greenstone and Dr. Rob Stone for Prescription for Healthcare, sponsored by Medicare for All Indiana on WFHB Community Radio. To your good health, everyone. Stay safe and thank you for listening.